Blog Talk Radio. My name is Raina Starr. I am your host for the evening. <laughs> I'm your host for every evening. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Desperate House, which is, is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bodily functions, bad language, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, see, I said that backwards, this may not be the show for you, but you know it is, because my favorite person in the world, also my sponsor, is my guest for the hour, everyone. Say hello to the amazingly wicked one herself, the incredible Dorothy Morrison. Hello, my dear. Well, hello. Oh, my goodness. What what an intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, all deserved and so much missing you all this time. How has the pandemic been treating you? You know the the pandemic's been treating me okay. Um, it was it was pretty interesting. You know I was really wanting to get our booster shots, but there there for a little bit we could only get the Pfizer booster. And even though they said they were interchangeable, I wanted to get the Moderna one because that's what I had before. So Mark is watching the news one Sunday morning, and. He uh, they announced on the news that Win Dixie, the grocery store here, has the Moderna boosters. So he goes down to the grocery store, walks in, fills out a form, shows his vaccination card, gets a booster, and gets a ten dollar grocery coupon with it for getting the booster. <laughs> so he is so excited. He's more excited about this ten dollar coupon than he is about. <laughs> about the booster so he comes in and he says when do you want to go and i said well you know Mm -hmm. tomorrow he says fine i'll take you and you need to give them the your store card because that way i get another ten dollar grocery coupon so went in (laughs) (laughs) yeah went in got got my booster uh it was fine uh and before i could even put the paperwork in my purse he had yanked the coupon out of my hand. So. (laughs) (laughs) And we know your husband, Mark. He loves a bargain. (laughs) Well, yes, he does. Yes, he does. And so anyway, so now we're fully vaccinated, fully boosted. I I feel pretty good about this um, because apparently this new variant, even though it can be dangerous, seems to have, um, mild symptoms if you've been vaccinated and boosted. And while I don't yeah. want either of us to get sick, I figure that at this point at least we're not going to wind up in the hospital because I don't have time to, to go see Mark in the hospital and I don't have time to be in the hospital myself. So, uh, Agreed. So, you know, Agreed. so that, that part is, is okay. And I even though there are new variants and there will probably be new variants all the time, I feel like... We are starting to get maybe we're maybe starting to get this under control. 
So, I think so. You know, I agree with you. So anyway, you know, I'm hoping that that, that is the case. Me too. Me too. Very much so. You know, I was. <laughs> it was so hard to get an appointment down here for the initial shots, and we have Moderna as well, um, and certain places obviously offer the, the Pfizer. And some places even offered the Johnson and Johnson, although I'm not really seeing Johnson and Johnson anymore. Um, <laughs> when I finally had to make an appointment at a specialty clinic for us to go and get our vaccinations, because you had to get an appointment initially, and every appointment was taken for months and months and months. And and I found this specialty clinic, and they took care of it, and we got our our first two shots, and then. You know, sometime around August of this past year, they were talking about the booster, and I said, well, you know, I have Crohn's disease. I have, I'm at risk, so I really should get the booster right away. And it was before the booster was officially allowed to be given as a booster, but I snuck uh-huh. into the CVS, and, and I said to the woman giving the vaccines, the vaccinations rather, I said, listen, I've had one and two, I really want a booster. You know, I have Crohn's disease. I'm immunocompromised, and, and I think it's a good idea. And she's like, oh, of course. I'll be happy to give it to you. Right. <laughs> so she, she hooked me up early, like really early. So, you know, the rest of the family is like, yeah, I guess we better hurry up and get that booster. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. Because I agree with you. While we have variants that are going to continue to happen, because I don't really think this is going to, quote, unquote, go away, I think we are learning to manage to live with it if you follow the protocols of wherever you are. The protocols where I want to go, it's complete masking um, in person, and you have to now show your vaccination record, which I think is is smart. I think it's something we need to do. Um, and if you have a medical or religious exemption, so be it, but have proof of that as well. So, well, yeah, you know, you I know, think we'll, yeah, we'll learn to live with it. Yeah, I, you know, um, there for a while they were saying, oh, well, you know, folks could just take a picture of their vaccination card on their phone. And I am discovering that a lot of places now or making you actually show your vaccination card. And that's probably a good idea because, you know, you can Photoshop anything these days. You betcha. I agree 110%. And I've heard of people doing it. I've actually oh my heard God. that people have. Oh my God. Well, because folks decided to post, you know, when they got their card on Facebook, so many people showed all of their numbers and folks that didn't want to get the vaccination decided to start copying this information. Now, I know that there is a penalty for doing that if you get caught. But quite honestly, I don't even know what the tracking, how you would figure it out in any kind of real time. Because if someone presents their card and you find out it's bogus at a, at a later date, You've already been exposed, so I'm not really sure how that works. But I'm not sure how that works either. Sure. 
you know, I, I just don't understand why people would do something like that. On the other hand, I don't understand how people would do a lot of things that they do today. So, or why? For sure. For sure. Um, you know, we have a, a company policy now as it exists at the moment, um, and Congress is constantly changing uh, what's happening, but our company has a mandate that they want you vaccinated no later than January, I think, either 5th or 10th. And it's a company requirement, and we are getting, there's like one person that I work with that is giving pushback on this, and it's all political. It's got nothing to do with medical. It's all political, and I'm like, Disease doesn't care what you are. You get that, yeah, right? I, I don't understand how this ever really got to be political because that, that to me, is bullshit. <laughs> I, yes, I, you know, I, I think that people ought to want to protect them, themselves and protect their families. And here's the thing. People do have a right to make their own decisions. I get that. You know, that that is not in question for me. But if you do not want to comply with the company policy, then you need to find a company that has policies that, that work for you. Exactly. And there's no company. See, but here's the thing. I challenge anybody to now find a company that does any kind of a large-scale business that is not requiring it. So good luck yeah. to you. Um, if you find one, Congratulations, but, I mean, I don't think many people are going to want to deal with your company. Um, so your take, I mean, yes, is it a free country? Not really, but okay, if you want to be under that illusion, um, I will tell you that you can say what you want and not have to go to jail, but it doesn't mean you're free of consequence. And I think well, that's where people seem to forget. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of people now that don't understand what a democracy really means. Um, there are mm-hmm. rules and there are boundaries. <laughs> and and for no. some reason, in the last few years, it seems as if people think, oh, I live in a democracy, it means I can do whatever the hell I want. Well, that's not exactly so. You have a lot more freedom than you do in some other countries. Other countries, for sure. But, but still, you know, there are rules. And so, anyway, you know... Um, my God, I you know I don't want to get into a political thing, and I hate that this has gotten to to be so so, so political. This should just simply be a health issue. It is. I know. I I totally agree. It is a health issue, and you know most people are doing the right thing. Even people that initially resisted, a lot of them are coming around to the thinking of, you know what? Okay, I I'm not in love with this idea. However. I don't want to have to find a new job. It's amazing how how principles can fall by the wayside uh, in a real practical uh, scenario where it's you know a question of well you can you can hold to your principles but your job is not going to be there and then all of a sudden eh, maybe the principles aren't that important but you know well you know maybe have at least well we'll see yeah yeah. <laughs> I can't figure folks out. I, I just can't. I, I, I don't know what folks are thinking. It's it's amazing. You know, I'm in the South. Um, I'm in a, a, a interesting mix of folks. 
And I do believe that folks should have the right to do what they want with their bodies in all situations, you know. Um, But, you know, when there's a public health crisis and and you've got people spreading just not true stuff, that's where I kind of draw the line on, you know, your rights as opposed to our rights as a collective and what are we doing to protect all of us and, you know, my bleeding liberal heart. I I kind of draw the line with (laughs) with that too. You know, when, when I was a kid, and was getting ready to be enrolled in school, there were certain shots that I had to have. And one of them was a smallpox vaccination. And I remember, and I went to a Catholic school, but I think this was done in public schools too, at least in our area. There was a school nurse, and several times, you know, at least once a year, she would come, and we would all line up, and we would get like our diphtheria booster and this and that and so on and so forth, and nobody ever said a word. But without specific vaccinations, we couldn't even be enrolled in school. And so I had said something to somebody about that that I did not understand why this could not be, when this was available for kids, why this could not be a requirement, you know, to be enrolled in school or to start school the next year, you know, or whatever. And they said, well, because this is not a disease. And I went, but it's a pandemic. Yeah, but it wasn't a disease, it was a virus. And it was kind of like, all righty then. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, yeah. a pandemic. What do you think a pandemic is? It is the spread of something that's going to kill you. If you don't like the nomenclature, I'm really sorry, but stuff that's going to kill us is the stuff we're trying to avoid. Maybe I ought to get on board and not worry about so much what it's called as opposed to what it can cause, which is the death of a loved one. I mean, I don't I don't get people. I just don't get people. <laughs> You know, I, I, I don't either. You know, the, the the problem with a lot of this is it has caused, you know, so many events to, to, to be canceled over the last couple of years, this and that and the other. And it's like, you know, we didn't have we hadn't had Mardi Gras for a couple of years. And so it looks like that Mardi Gras is on schedule for next year, which is good. We will see how, how that works. Um, but... You know, there are things that I have wanted to do that are just um, really um, secular to the, the, the state of Louisiana and this particular area in particular. For example, during the holidays, uh, Père Noël goes, um, comes down the, the, the Mississippi River on a boat. <laughs> And there are big bonfires on either side of the Mississippi to to light his way. And so Uh I have never been able to to go and and, and see that. And so I told Mark, my God, if this this is um, kind of straightened out by next Yule season, I want to go. I want to go. Of course. Of course. You know, I moved to... I, I, I totally get it. I moved to an area of town where there is a ton of things to walk to. 
ton of mm-hmm. them. And then right after we got here, the pandemic hit, and nobody was going anywhere. I'm like, oh my wow, god! Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, everything. <laughs> Grocery store, groceries in walking distance. Library within walking distance, bookstores within walking, everything, restaurants, everything. And guess what? Now you're happy outs can stay at home and nobody going. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Timing. <laughs> it's everything. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness yeah, gracious. We haven't, we haven't gone to any of, I mean, all the events got canceled, you know, everything that we would have been interested in. And we miss our friends. We haven't seen people literally in, wow, gee, three years at this point. Um, uh, we're going on three years. And it's like, uh, this, okay, enough. We, okay, this pandemic situation. Yeah, I get it. Can we, can we stop now? <laughs> or at least can we, can we get it to a reasonable thing where we can at least, if we're all in agreement about what our protocols are, can we try to get together? Can we try to see each other? And I'm really hoping that this year, this coming year, we will get to see everyone again. Because <laughs> it's like being in isolation that you didn't ask for. You know? Well, yeah. I'm a homebody. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a homebody, but this is ridiculous. Well, you know, I have been tethered to, to this house with orders and stuff for for you know several years, but uh, the you know I think I think it really paid off for, for me with, with the pandemic because I couldn't go anywhere anyway. Because I couldn't go anywhere. Oh my goodness! It was like okay, fine, but you know we have had some interesting things go on in our neighborhood. We had uh-huh. a movie crew. Um, in, oh, I think it was in October maybe for one day that was filming in our neighborhood uh, and for part of our street. So they came back. They're filming something called The Thing About Pam, which is um, about a serial killer. The, wow. And this happened in, in, in Missouri. So, at, you know, the, first few, the last few days of November and the first two days of December, they were back. And they they paid us uh, for, for for the inconvenience, but I had at some point in time over the the whole thing I had a costuming tent and a food tent in my driveway. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> the film wow. crew was great. Okay, they were wonderful. Uh, this time, since they were going to be here for four days straight, they came and banged on my door. They had set up a tent in one of the green spaces but between the houses that was further down the street from, from me. So they had this big food mm-hmm. tent there. They came banging on the door and they said, you know, you've been so so lovely to us. Uh, you know, we're, we're serving lunch. If you'd like to, to go and eat or if you want a snack at any point in time that we're here, you know, go on down to the food tent. We'll be glad to feed you. Oh, how nice. Did you actually get to do that? No, I didn't. I didn't. But... I had I had some of the actors uh, changing clothes in my house. <laughs> I had I had some of them who who had been um, having a fit 
and I guess their their porta potties and stuff must have been way down at the food tent. And this one guy was yeah. looking for a bathroom. Asked another film guy, and I happened to be in the garage getting something. And I heard it, and I said, yeah. "Honey, do you need a bathroom?" And he said, "Oh yes, ma'am. I've been holding this for two and a half hours." And it was oh like, "Come gosh. on!" So I had wow. film crews in and out of our half bath, and. Um, you know, so, no, I wasn't going to go down there and eat at their food tent. But, you know, they were really nice to us. But apparently they wreaked havoc in some other places or aggravated some of the other neighbors. And, uh-uh. you know, but anyway, but that was kind of an interesting thing um, to, to you know, have going on. And, of course, the, when they were here for the one day, you know, we kind of watched things go on. And I don't think yeah. anybody... Uh, realizes how how what it actually takes to put a movie or a documentary together, and how many takes they're actually going to do over and over and over and over again. So this time, oh yeah, they they were. Uh, they, you know, I was busy working. I was doing ornaments, and Mark said, "Don't you want to come out yeah. and watch this?" And it was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I know exactly what they're doing. They they have uh-huh. paid us handsomely for for the inconvenience, and now I'm busy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm sure Mark was fascinated by it. That's so cool. Well, well yeah, he he was fascinated by it. You know, I lived um, I lived in L.A. for for several years, uh-huh. and I lived uh, just a block off Hollywood Boulevard, and so. Um, I was I've been familiar with with film crews and and so on and so forth. And the state of Louisiana <clears throat> gives um gives film crews a break on things. And yeah. so because they, they they bring I think Michigan does it too. I think there are several states that 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 do. And so they do a lot of filming in those those states. Uh but you know if you mm-hmm. go to New Orleans, there's always somebody filming something even if it's a music video. Sure. You know, and so, you know, I'm pretty f- f- familiar with all that, but but Mark wasn't, and you know, because it was like, you know, it was, the, the, on that four days uh, period, they had there must have been 200 people were roaming around in the neighborhood. Oh my god! You know, from six in the morning until you know nine thirty at night. Oh. All right, that might be a little much for me. <laughs> Well, you know, I still used here, to... go ahead, baby. Huh? You go ahead. I'll, I'll tell my story. Oh, after. oh well, you know, it, it 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 was it was much for some people because they had um, they had some police officers who were um, blocking traffic and in, in the neighborhood, and so there were times when someone might have to wait twenty minutes before they could get through. And that irritated people. But the HOA was paid handsomely for this. Uh And, you know, and if you would sign their contract, which was no big deal, and fill out a W-9 so they could pay the taxes on it, they would cut you a check for your inconvenience. Very nice. And you had a week's notice, so you could kind of make arrangements for stuff. Yeah, that's that's very helpful. I live in, a, in an historic district, and a lot of events take place 
actually right in front of my house. And, you know, there have been times where we've gone grocery shop. Before we joined um, the neighborhood committee, um, there were times we would try to get home from grocery shopping and find that our street was blocked. Um, and I drive a Cooper, so I was actually able to get around the barricade and, and get into my driveway, not a problem. But now that we're members of the Neighborhood Association, we get the information in advance. But there's a uh -huh. lot of stuff that happens literally in front of my house, like mm. parades and marathons and block parties. <laughs> but oh, what fun. fun. I mean, this is... Yeah, it, this is the price for living in a really cool neighborhood. And I said to Mark, you know, I'm willing to pay this price to live in this neighborhood. And he's like, yeah, me too. We love it here. So we yeah. put up with the inconvenience, but the inconvenience is temporary, and they tell you what times they'll be there and what time they'll be gone, even with the marathons. They have them very well plotted out. So as long as you plan accordingly and you, you know, you read the the neighborhood newsletter, you're in the know and you can plan. I mean, and it's certainly nothing that happens during working hours, so that's a plus as well, you know, unless you're working on the weekends and then that's unfortunate, but for the for the most part, it's it's really a lovely place and sometimes you just have to put up with a little inconvenience to live in a nice place, that's all. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess you know, I'm, I'm fortunate because I work from home. And so, um, you know, I'm not – it doesn't inconvenience me having to go to work or getting home from work or any of that, that kind of thing. So, you know, I understand that. But And they were supposed to get all of this stuff that they've been filming at different locations – now and they're trying to get all this wrapped up by December the 21st, and so I don't know if they're going to be back or not. But uh, anyway, but that was quite an interesting little little thing that that went on here. And well, so, as long as we're talking about yeah, you know, now that we're talking about the fact that you work from home, I think we need to talk about what you're actually doing from home right now, Miss Lady. What are you making? Oh my God! What's happening? Well, I How am working like What's a dog, doing? making 2022 yes, blessings, blessing ornaments, uh, and making them just as fast as I can make them. Um, they are going to be available through the end of January, I think. Okay, that 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 is provided that I have enough supplies and can. And the supply chain doesn't just break on me so, somewhere. Um, but right now, I uh, I am still working on orders that came in the first week of December, and I am working really hard to get those shipped out in time for Yule or Christmas. And people can order anytime they they want to, but at this point. I can't guarantee delivery by Yule or Christmas because I don't know if USPS is going to be able to deliver them in time because now there, there are d delivery delays, and those were starting before Thanksgiving. So. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, so that, I, um, that is what's going on here. I am up to my ears in purple ribbon and double-sided tape and herbs. 
<laughs> and, and I have been through one of the things that goes in in those are well several of the things. There are rose petals that go in. There are cloves that go in. There are black eyed peas that go in. And I have already been through. <laughs> you're going to laugh when I tell you. <laughs> I've already been through 17 pounds of black eyed peas. 17 pounds. Okay. I've been through seven pounds of cloves and five pounds of rose petals. What? Yes. For anybody who's who's playing the home game of this uh, version, rose petals, a pound of rose petals, imagine what the mass is on one pound because they're lighter than air. Yes. And if you've been through 17 pounds, I'm afraid to know (laughs) what room you Well, not not 17 17 pounds of black-eyed peas. But seven pounds oh, of rose oh, petals. Oh, okay. But still, oh, it's, it's a no, lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and I don't know how many how many ornaments I've actually made so so far. Uh-huh. But um, the little uh, four leaf clover charms that I put on them, I put one on each ornament. They come in packages of fifty, and I have just uh-huh. opened my sixth package. Package. Holy crap, Dorothy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I've got to ask you. So, since the pandemic started, did you find that there were increased orders because people just were suddenly realizing that they needed to draw more protective magic into their lives? You know, I had increased orders. Um, I I was really, really fortunate because I thought, oh, my God, you know, when when this started, what is going to happen, you know, business-wise. And the – but orders increased. And so it was like, hmm, okay. But the things that people were ordering were were not protective things. People were mad. They were angry. (laughs) I can't can't tell you how many – uh, spell jars of bad juju, and how many it sucks to be you candles I sold. Wow. Okay. People were angry. That's interesting. Yeah, it sounds like people were extremely angry. That See, that really surprises me because I always, and this is, you know, your friend Chippy Dippy thing here where I think, oh, we'll all pull together and we'll get through this. And yeah, people just got madder. <laughs> well, and and that's not all. The the magical community is very interesting. They all say uh-huh. that oh, they want to they want to know about protection measures, you know, for protective measures. Oh, this and that and the other. But you know what? As a friend of mine would say, magical people don't care about protection. They want to get paid and they want to get laid. Get laid. <laughs> so they're going to order. They they want money, magic, and love magic. That's what they want. Wow, that's so interesting. See, I, and you know, I've been buying your 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 blessing home blessing balls for for a while now because I love them, and you know, I now have a soon to be daughter in law who's like. 
We really like that home blessing ornament you got us last year, Mom. In essence, you're buying us another one, right, Mom? And I'm like, yeah, the order's been placed. Calm down. You've been included. So we're carrying on the tradition of, of having one for everybody in the family, which is why, calm down, everybody. I actually bought an odd number this time. But yes, you did. Two still are for me. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, you know, two are still for me. But now that we have an extra person, I had to buy an extra one. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love them, and and they're coming uh, to see us sometime between now and New Year's. So I, you know, I'm so excited that we're going to have one for them. And it's it's wonderful, and and you know it's something we look forward to. We have built a tradition in our family, in our house, um, you know, on the first day of the new year, where we have breakfast and coffee, and you know, the first activity is to thank the deities for the blessings of the previous year, and and we hang our new house blessing ball. Uh, for the coming year, and it's something we've we've done for years now, and it wouldn't be the holidays without it. So yeah, you know, I, and, and I have to tell you, I have to tell you how that warms my heart to for, for something I make to have become so, you know part of someone else's family tradition. That that just tickles me oh, yeah. to death. Yeah. I'm so glad. I mean, and we really, you know, my kids are like, wow. That's really cool. How'd she get everything in there? I'm like, yeah, one piece at a time. You're brilliant. <laughs> with with a, with a funnel and a little and a little skewer. That's how that works. A little wooden skewer. Yes. Oh my gosh, unbelievable. In, in fact, the, the weather here has been so funny that you know we will have like. Uh, one day 80 degrees and the next day it's 40 and so you don't know whether you need the air conditioning on or the heat on or or whatever and so we flip back and forth and so now when i get up in the morning to start making more ornaments i have to look to see if the heat's on because if the heat is on then that causes static electricity in those little plastic ornament blanks and so what Mm -hmm. that means is before i start I have to get out static guard, and I have to spray a shot of static guard in each one of those ornaments and let it dry. Oh wow! Because if I don't, because if I don't, rose petals and everything uh-huh. else will just funnel in and then go whoosh and stick to the sides. <laughs> so I have learned that static guard is its own kind of magic. <laughs> nice. Very good. No, I mean, but that's, you know, we don't want to give away all the trade secrets. But, yeah, I mean, you know, things don't just magically appear. I mean, they kind of do. But, you know, there's work in magic. It's not, it's just not instantaneous and not so easy to pull off. But, yeah, (laughs) it it takes a lot of thought. I thought you were going to tell me that you had to put the air conditioner on, and I was about to die. Well, no, no, no. I didn't have to put the air conditioner on. But I'm telling you, it took it took a while for me to figure out the static guard thing because there for a while I thought, okay, I need a humidifier in my workroom because because yeah. that that will fix this, okay? But you know what? It didn't fix it. <clears throat> 
And so one day, just Ooh. out of the clear blue sky, you know, Mark was going to the grocery store, and I said, hey, honey, pick up a can of static guard for, for, for me and, and see, see what, what I can do with this. Because I even tried um, twisting dryer sheets into those and doing them around, but it, but it didn't fix it. But yeah, one shot of static guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, but, but you see, well, as just, witches, we we have to be resourceful. Yeah. We use what works, what we've got, and what works. That's it. Absolutely. I mean, and it's that way with lots of things. You know, I was talking to our friend Byron Ballard the other week or so ago, and we were talking about the effectiveness of the marshmallow spell where mm-hmm. you, you know, you write somebody's name on it and you leave it out in the weather. If it's somebody who's been juking you and you want to get a little revenge, you know, one of those things. And, um, and I said to Byron, well, you know, I get the extra big marshmallows and I let them get like impossible to eat that hard because a, it's easier to write on them when they're old. And mm-hmm. B, it takes longer for the spell to like it's like the spell works a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. While the animals are eating it, because it's because it's like a rock, but it's still sweet, so they're still eating it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just use what you got in the house. My mark had gone into the cabinet, and the bag fell out, and it made a clunk on the floor. <laughs> I think he wondered, what the hell? He did. I said, don't touch that. That's for spells. <laughs> he's looking at me like I'm nuts. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll put those right back. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's, but, you know um, husbands are, are, are so funny. Um, early on when, when Mark and I were married, he would um, when he he would uh, come in from from work. He'd always take his lunch to work, and then he would come in uh-huh. just after lunch, and he would bring home his dirty dishes, and he would pick up Sadie, our do- the dog that we had then, and take her back to work with him. And one day he came in, in the house, came in the front door, and I was we had a very small apartment then, and I was doing something, working some some magic on a cookie sheet. And I had candles lined up on it, and they were going. And he he started uh-huh. in the kitchen, and he looked at, at that, and he looked at me, and he said, I think I'll just leave these dishes right by the front door. <laughs> and he backed out. <laughs> oh I said, fine, honey, I'll take care of them. <laughs> so, so he learned about I know, what I call I know that sips. Yeah, but, but he learned about sips. Sips are spells in progress. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we were cleaning. Okay, so over the summer, uh, we had put too much stuff in our freezer, and the freezer started making this noise, and it was the fan. And the reason why the fan was making noise was because there, the condensation was building up because we had too many things in the freezer. Well, <laughs> when the service guy came in to check the freezer, he found a whole bunch of people <laughs> in my freezer. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, all, it was a, a bunch of spells and ice cubes with names in them. <laughs> <laughs> 
The guy's like, ma'am, these are very interesting ice cubes. I'm like, um, uh, uh, it's an experiment. It's a science thing. Just go ahead and put those back. I mean, it's like, <laughs> think fast. I know he didn't believe me. But, oh, my God, when somebody else is like, what is this? What are you doing? What is this? What does this mean? It's like, oh, shit. I didn't mean to have yeah. to answer your questions here. You know, there there was a store in Maryland that is no longer in business. Uh, but there there was a time when once a month I would go in on, on a Friday and do a class, and the following Saturday I would go in and I'd do readings from like 9 to 6 or whatever. So. I had taught this this little freezer spell thing, and so one and I would bring my my lunch with me, you know, on Saturday, and so I opened the refrigerator door and there was an ice cube tray with all these little slips of paper sticking out, and I said to George, "What the hell is this?" He said, "I'm just taking care of some enemies," and I said, "But you have a whole ice cube tray full," and he. He said, yep. And I said, George, if you've got that many enemies, then maybe you need to look in the mirror. Maybe it's you and not them. <laughs> right. oh, God. So, you know, Dorothy, I I was going to ask you about this because I've, you know, I'm very lucky. I get to interview a lot of a lot of fun folks. And I've been doing and experimenting with some court magic, and I was wondering if you ever used court magic. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In in um, as a matter of fact, yeah. hmm, God, there's there's one in one of my books, and I think it may be everyday magic, and I will see mm-hmm. if I can. Pull a copy of that down off the shelf. Just a second here, and I'll see if I can find it. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, let me look through my table of contents. You look through that because I'm telling you, I have have been learning, relearning, because the first spell I ever cast was a chord magic spell. Huh. And it didn't work out so good for me because I was young and I was trying to do something pretty bad. So, you know, deity can be very kind when they stop you from doing shit that you could hurt yourself with. So I'm actually kind of grateful that it didn't work out. But, yeah, so I'm kind of like getting back into the whole horde magic thing. Well, you know, okay, it's not called horde magic in here and it's not called... um, it's not called not not magic, but I'm sure it's in here somewhere. <laughs> but, but but it it starts out with something like um, with not of one, the spells begun. Yes. Uh, with not of two. Anyway, I I rhymed this. It was thirteen knots. It was either thirteen knots or nine knots. Okay, I can't remember. I may have done two different ones. But anyway. Uh, uh-huh. it, was, it must have been nine uh, knots because uh-huh. nothing really rhymes with 13. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my but anyway, I, um, you know, I rhymed it out so so that it was easy. And and when I do not magic, 
I start in the middle. And then I do one knot to the left and one knot to, to, to the right and back and forth. And it's always an odd number. And then and there, there, there is other kind of knot magic, too, where um, if I have an awful lot of energy, let's just say that I'm pissed off about something, really bad pissed off, I will tie something in a knot and I'll put it aside. And then, because that kind of holds it, and then when uh-huh. I am ready to do something that is kind of unsavory and I, I need to unleash that, then during a spell process, I take that out and I, I untie that knot and release it. Oh, you're good. I, yeah, I, I, I forget stuff. You know, it's a really bad habit. Like I cast magic and then I walk away and it's like, clean this pile of shit up. What's wrong with you? you know it's like leaving your dirty dishes for me it's like clean that magic up what is wrong with you you weren't raised in a barn come on well you know i know uh you know i i I tend to do that because sometimes my scorpio moon gets the best of me and i know that eventually that livid pissed energy is going to become useful Uh And so I put this, like, in some place where I will remember where it is. And, you know, I have a pegboard in my um, in my workroom, and I have some of those knots just hanging there and because I, I know what they are, and I know I'll be able to find them. But you know what? They're perfectly fine right, right where they are. So they're there in plain view. <laughs> and, yeah, yes. but, you know, uh, knot magic is really, really good to bind stuff. But it's really, really good to release it, too. Um, Not magic is good if you're making a commitment. Because you are are holding that commitment. You tied it in a knot. There it is. Yeah. No, it's true. So, yeah, cord magic is... Sorry. Oh, well, no. You know, you know, but cord magic is good for a lot of things. It's it's good for love magic. Um, it's good. It's good for money magic. To hang on to your money. Ooh. So you, you know, there are all kinds of things that you can do with with, with it. You can also really screw somebody over with it. <laughs> yeah, that tends to be what I use shit like that for. Um, but only because they deserve it, not because I'm just a horrible person. Although I've been accused of being a horrible person, too. Uh, not to say that I'm not, but... I certainly don't think you're a horrible person. And, you know, um, I don't think that, that most people who do baneful magic are horrible people. You know, I had um, somebody email me uh, earlier this week because she she is kind of you know g- you know getting the feel of magic and stuff and she said that she has utterly wicked and she loves it and she has done several spells that were not hexes or curses and they have worked boom but she can't seem to get any of these hexes and curses to work 
And so, and she doesn't know why. And I said, well, you know, to start with, texting and cursing somebody takes an exorbitant amount of energy. A lot more energy than some other kind of spell does. And the the other thing is you have to believe the magic is going to work, and you can't second-guess yourself and go, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yep, that's a killer. And, and, you know, and so then she, so I said, you know, these could be your problems. You know, you, you have to focus, you've got to believe it, but you can't second-guess yourself. You have to feel justified in what you've done and then go on about your business. And she went, bingo, it's a self-confidence thing with me. And should I have really done that? And I said, well, yeah, you know. So, you know, I, I, I think that, that people either forget that or they're not being taught that when they, 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 you know, start learning how to work magic. Oh, yeah. No, I, I wasn't taught that. I learned that from you. <laughs> Actually, oh, God. as old as I am, no, not at all. I mean, better late than never. But the fact of the matter is, is that you sometimes learn things when you need to learn them. Like if I had mm-hmm. known that when I cast my first spell, um, that could have been a lot messier than the fact that it failed. Um, well, and I came out of the situation alive, which is what I what the goal was anyway. So yeah. I mean, it, it worked out, yeah. and it was a first spell. And at first, spells worked when they are. Big spells. That could be a problem and, and maybe be a little bit too much of a confidence boost for a young witch who's very inexperienced and completely untrained. Well, you know, my first spell okay. worked, too. And it worked really, really yeah. quickly. And I had spent, i got to tell you, I'd spent a month planning this thing, getting exactly the right stuff, so on and so forth, writing out this incantation, doing all this stuff. But... When, when after I finished the spell, I don't know what I expected. I kind of went, what? There's no glitter. There's no confetti. There are no bells and whistles. What? And it was like a letdown. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I thought something. And uh-huh. then it was like, boom, it worked, and I was so surprised. It worked, and I was so <laughs> so you know, I think I think a lot of of new practitioners, young practitioners, um, you know, inexperienced practitioners, kind of expect that you know something too, and it's like that's not yeah. the way magic works. The other thing is, I think that people don't realize that magic takes um, mundane follow through on the part of the practitioner. Um, there is, I have a customer who is reaching out to a love that, that she broke up with. And so she, she worked this spell, and so now it's been the 21 days. He still hasn't gotten in touch with her. And I said, have you reached out to him? And she said, well, to be perfectly honest, I, I feel like I'm done reaching out. It's his turn. And that was the whole point of the spell. But it's like, no, no. You're going to have to do this. I understand about pride. So why don't you just send him a holiday card? That is kind of an innocuous right. way of reaching out. It is. So, you it know, is. Well, you know well, because you, you know, because you send 
a holiday card to to a neighbor that that you may not even know very well, to a business associate, this kind of thing. And you don't have to write a note in it. You just sign your name and send it. And so we will see what, what happens. But working a love spell to get him to come back, you have to... You have mm-hmm. to put forth some kind of. There has to be mundane action on your part, because level, because mm-hmm. it only levels odds. That's you know. So, I I think that sometimes people don't don't understand exactly what it entails. You have to do more than light the candle. Yeah, you know this this concern about not being or this desire to like. I don't know if it's something like trying to keep your hands clean or you don't really want to take responsibility for the outcome, but it seems like a lot of folks just want a very hands-off approach to magic, and there's really no such thing. No, 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 there really isn't. There there is no hands-off approach. You, you, You know... Some spells, you're going to get your hands dirtier than, than others, but you're going to have yeah. to do something. And I think a lot of people would rather use magic than do the mundane stuff they need to do. I can't even tell you how many times somebody wants to work magic when it's unnecessary. What they need to do is make a phone call, but they don't want to uh-huh. make that phone call because that phone call is going to be uncomfortable. So instead, let's just work some magic. Well, it's not going to work like that. Yeah, it's a rare case that the universe conspires that much in your favor and doesn't require any action on your part. It's kind of like the story you've told before about a friend who, or, or a client who actually needed to find a job and 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 wanted some magic done, and you said, well, did you send out a resume? <laughs> and yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the most ridiculous world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, now, I'm not going to say that I haven't just had things happen that that were in uh-huh. my favor, okay, because I have. You know, um, sure. I have had some immense blessings over the years things that did not um that looked to have gone to hell in a handbasket it was even with the purchase mm-hmm. of this house you know it was like all of a sudden we were supposed to come and see it and all of a sudden i thought it was off the market and it was like boom and of course that just freaked me out and mm-hmm. then i have and i have had interesting magic show up in interesting ways um the day after that happened, I was on my way home. I had emailed our realtor to find out what the hell was going on. And a song came on the radio, a song that said, everything is going to be all right. And it was, I think, a Kenny Chesney and somebody else song. The interesting part mm-hmm. of that, and I even thought, am I the only one hearing this? The interesting part of that <laughs> was that, that song was not even released until two months later, but it played. I heard Whoa. it. And, That's yeah. <laughs> and Wow. I was worried about something. And there was a meme that popped up in my email 
when I usually don't pay any attention to and it said you are not receiving this by accident everything is going to be all right well that's about it's, as direct a message as it gets isn't isn't that but isn't that crazy and so this thing that I had been worried about for a couple of days I kind of relaxed I thought well this is this is pretty ignorant this is pretty silly that this happened but okay so let's not be concerned about this anymore. Let's just focus on what I need to be doing. That's and awesome. so I, I have had a lot of those things go on in in mm-hmm. my life where things just kind of go poof, and it's great. But the fact of the matter is I'm filling orders every single day. I am making product to fill those orders every single day, and so I am working magic every single day. And so sometimes Very true. when you do that, um, yeah. you know, magic works in your favor. <laughs> it is like, okay, oh, yeah. look, you know, no, look at her. She's she's working her ass off here. <laughs> you know, working magic for all these other people. Let's let's throw her a bone here, okay? <laughs> oh no, that absolutely must be happening. I mean, I would be surprised as somebody who employs as much magic as you do and you're in the process of creating things that are blessing, especially things that you're creating that are blessing people, I can't see how that would not somehow creep into your life when you are, I mean, just because you are doing it for someone else or other people, I mean, I do believe to a certain extent that whatever you put out does come back um, in some kind of a form. It doesn't necessarily mean the law of three. It doesn't necessarily mean any of the stereotypical whatever you've heard. I'm just saying if you do some good, you get some good. It it just kind of works that way. Things attract the like things. You know, you're you're absolutely right about that. You know, Mm -hmm. we have, I, I, I look back on some things, it's like when Hurricane Ida hit. We had uh, we didn't have power for for seven days, and it was a hundred plus d- degrees outside and in our house, Oof. and mm-hmm. and that 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 was bad, that 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 was really really bad. But but you know we didn't have damage. We lost one limb off a tree, and it did not hit our house. There were Oof. other people who had extreme damage, and the mm-hmm. other thing was that moved um, our you know, a, a whole house generator had been on our priority list for a while, but it wasn't up at the top. So that moved it up yeah. to, at the top. Some things happened where, and we should have it installed in January because we ordered it way back mm-hmm. in the fall. Um, but something happened where we were able to pay cash for it. So it's paid for now. It just has to be installed. So that mm-hmm. was a blessing. The other blessing was that the night that I was so hot and I thought and I could not go to sleep and I was absolutely miserable and I even walked outside to see if it was cooler outside and it wasn't. <laughs> and I walked back in and I said out loud, I can't deal with this one more second. Guess what? Boom, the electricity came back on. <laughs> Yes. Wow. That's <laughs> now, now, did I, I do that? that? No, I didn't. But someone somewhere heard me. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I, you know, 
that happens not very often to me, but I have had that happen where I was really mad at somebody at, at one point, and I held up one of their possessions, and I said to the gods, I demand justice. And I'll tell you what, words carry a lot of weight. And I think yes. when you are very clear with your intention, like to a point where this is the only thing in the universe, and you're not even necessarily casting a spell per se, but I was so angry that all of my intention was focused in, into my anger, and I wanted justice. And all of a sudden, that person <laughs> um, got something in their eye and had to wear, like, a patch, and then uh, he had to – he got, like, some kind of an injury to his knee, so then he couldn't walk. I mean <laughs> – well, yeah, and this is the kind of thing that I call unconscious, uh, unconscious magic sort of, okay? Um, way back, I had a dog who, who was really, really sweet, and we sent her to a dog trainer. And then I found, and he decided she was incorrigible, which was ridiculous. Well, the problem was that he, she wouldn't get, go in her kennel run, and he used a cattle prod on her. What? And so, yes, he did. And so, of course, I didn't know this at wow. the time. So then he right. couldn't understand this because she wouldn't do anything for him. She wouldn't even take a Swedish meatball from him. Wow. So when I found out about this, I was furious. And this guy worked with my ex-husband. And they were linemen. And so... I was on my way somewhere else when, when I found out about this. And so in my car, I am screaming that that son of a bitch needs to learn something. In fact, he probably needs to get hit by a truck. And I go on my way. I get a phone call. It's the soon-to-be ex-husband who announced he wants to know what the hell I've done to this guy. And I went, what? What are you talking about? Nothing. He said, Bullshit. He just got hit by one of the line trucks. And I said, he's not dead, is he? And I started laughing. <laughs> and he said, you know, Dorothy, this isn't funny at all. No, but he's going to be laid up for a while, and he'll probably never uh, train dogs again. And I went, well, that's good enough. So... Did I really intend for that to happen? No. But you know what it did? Because I was so mad. Because nobody abuses my animals. You know? Seriously not. Seriously not. I mean, you know, that pure of an intention and that pure anger definitely does things. And I think when people have a real good, and, and you talk about this in your book, Utterly Wicked about having a good head of steam. Because I'll tell you what, that kind of pure, righteous anger is probably one of the most effective mindsets to creating change. You know, it, it, it really is. And it's a shame that it can't be channeled into good stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, at the onset. It, but 
you know, uh-huh. but eventually, you know, sometimes I guess what is good is sometimes that is what it takes for you to stand up for yourself or stand up to a bully so that good things can happen in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I totally believe that because I am living proof of it. When you stand up and you stop taking the crap that is being handed to you, because I will tell you, as a person who used to be a willing victim, and I use that term on purpose because only you can decide when you've had enough. Exactly. And until then, you are putting up with whatever it is that's happening to you you are a willing victim. You are letting people get away with bullshit. I love the, I gave this talk once about the power of the word no. And because it was a question of, well, what's your favorite word? My favorite word is no. Well, that's a very negative word. Oh, really? Let's have this discussion. And I proceeded to launch into my power of no talk. And, you know, especially as a woman, especially for me as an older woman, the ability to say what you're doing is bullshit and I'm not tolerating it anymore is so empowering because people start backing up and saying, oh, I guess I can't get away with the crap I was pulling. Hmm, I maybe should not try this tack with her. Maybe I'll go try this tack with somebody else, which isn't any better. But if enough people start standing up to the bullies in their life, I don't know how this became a bully talk, but okay. Um, <laughs> you can you can defeat a bully. You can scare a bully because bullies do, do not like to be challenged. Now, well, I am not saying if you're in a domestic, I just want to say this. If you're in a domestic violence situation, that is not what I'm talking about. If you are being abused, in that regard, get out or get safe. Yes. I'm not saying that that is what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you're being bullied in the workplace, when you're being bullied by your friends, and yes, your friends will bully you because your friends who are, if you are the person in your group who acquiesces to the, the requests of everyone else all the time, you're actually, that's a form, to me, that's a form of bullying. Um, mm-hmm. If there's not shared making, if there's not shared planning, if you feel like your feelings are not being heard or that your feelings don't matter, you're being bullied. I, I stood up to a bully today, and I said, no more bully. I'm not putting up with this shit. <laughs> and the bully was very surprised, very surprised. Well, of course. And you want to know what happened? You want to know what happened to this, what this person wound up trying to do? This person who bullied me or tried to bully me for the very first time was skulking around trying to figure out how to apologize to me because Mm -hmm. they saw how angry I was and I actually scared the bully. So it is possible to do that. And I just want to encourage folks. If it is safe, stand up to your bully. <laughs> well, exactly, because here's here's the thing. Deep down underneath all that cramp, okay, bullies are cowards. Yep. And and the way they build their confidence is by scaring and demeaning other people. That's how they gain mm-hmm. their, their power. Mm-hmm. Because they have no, no power, they're cowards. And so, yep. you know, generally, 
if you stand up to them, they go, hmm. Now, I have had situations that looked as if they they didn't turn out in my favor, okay, once I did that. But in the long run, they did. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and and a lot of times there are things in, in my life that, that have happened that it was like, ooh, maybe I should have kept my mouth shut and I wouldn't be in this situation. However, if I had known how things would play out, if I had been able to see the big picture, if it had been shown to me, I'd have done it way before. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. The power that you can command as a human being who has as much right to be here as anybody else in whatever Mm -hmm. form you're in. Uh, You do not have to give space or credence to anybody who feels that they have more right than you to have what you want in life. And that is something that took me most of my life to learn. Yeah. But here yeah. it is. <laughs> Brown, well, you know, I, I spent a lot of time not being able to say no to in my younger years. In fact, I couldn't even say no to the paper boy selling a newspaper subscription, even though I didn't have time to read yep. it. Yep. And 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 that that's no no lie. I had um, I had a friend who wound up having I think a parrot for a pet or something, and I had rolled up newspapers that were in my closet that I had never undone, and I gave them to her to line the cage. But I paid for a new subscription wow. for a year because I couldn't tell the the newspaper boy no. You know when when, when I was eighteen and just moved out on my own, and so. You know, one of the things that helped me with that is almost in any language, the word for that word is no. Same word. Yeah. You know, when Mark's company was moving us around all over the country, we had packers and movers. Um, And generally, they would send packers who didn't speak English and uh, and the, the foreman on the packing crew spoke broken English. And these might be Spanish-speaking people. Uh, one time it was uh, people who spoke Czech. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think we had Germans one time. And, but, well. you know, but if I screamed no because they were screwing something up, they all stopped. Everybody got it. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody got it. And, well, I think with the Germans, I screamed mine. But, <laughs> there you, go. But, you know, uh, it, it was kind of like, oh, no, it's a universal language. And all I had yeah. to do is draw my, my index finger across my throat and go, <laughs> and they stopped immediately because then they thought I was dangerous. <laughs> Well, you are, but okay. <laughs> Not everybody knows that just from looking at you. That's for sure. Dorothy's oh, my God. Beautiful. But... If you ever met Dorothy, she's actually quite beautiful. And she see, she seems like the sweetest lady in the world. Cross her once. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll stand over here and eat popcorn. Oh, my I'm God. I love 
afraid of you. I'm just saying, you scare me. <laughs> oh, honey, you know, I'm not nearly as mean as people think I am. But, you know, and, uh-huh. but I think it's because I've learned a few things in my lifetime. For example, one of the things that pisses me off more than anything in the world is to some is for someone to use a condescending or patronizing tone with me. Like they're patting me on the head like I'm a little kid. That that really pisses me oh, off. Yeah. And what I have yeah. to remind myself is that my Scorpio moon is showing and I need to see if they're worth the effort to do anything about them Ooh. or to them. And you mm. know, a good True. number of times they're they're just not. Um right. So so usually what I do with them is I think, you know what, you're not worth my time. I can't be bothered with you. <laughs> and so yeah, the nicest good. thing I can do for you is to keep you away from me. Yeah. And yeah. and that's all well and fine. And then sometimes they have, they take that little condescending malarkey and they exacerbate the mm-hmm. problem with, with some more ridiculous bullshit. And then yeah. it's time for business, you know. Nice. But, uh, you know, if if I'm just kind of going, hmm, then, <laughs> and, and I might tell somebody, you know what, I think you've just about stepped over the line here. You may need to back up three steps before we talk again. Oh, and yeah. for, for whatever reason, that usually shuts it down. <laughs> Faster the better. Speaking of shutting it down, oh my gosh, Dorothy, I've just been rambling at you. Oh my gosh, it is. It, we are we are thirteen minutes. Well, I mean, we're still recording, but we're thirteen minutes past time. So anyway, <gasps> oh my god, I have to ask you a question. Okay, are you are you are you still writing? Do you still write? Are you planning another book? Not really. Um, I I have I have a book on the back burner that has been on the back burner for hmm, about ten years, and um, it's it's there. It's you know I've got I've got it backed up, but I don't think so. You know, um, I had I had a publisher one time tell me that you know all authors write because they can't stop themselves. And I told that publisher that I was not that person, that I wrote because I was decent at it and I like to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was a good way for, for, for me to make a living. But that I could, if I had to make a living, I could go and flip hamburgers and be just as good at it. And so I'm not, I'm not your typical author who writes because they can't stop themselves. Most of what I have written for the last few years is just simply marketing copy for, for, for my products. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. Um, the other thing is Utterly Wicked became a classic. And in yeah. order for me to write another book, it would have to uh-huh. top Utterly Wicked. And I never want to be like the old famed um, rock bands who are now old and feeble and wasted all their money 
and are forced to play casinos. If you're going to go oh out, you God. go out on top. Yeah, as Seinfeld used to say, we're going out on a high note. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, I mean, that just seems good, good, good to me because those 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 old rock bands would have been able yes. to rest on their their laurels even if they were penniless and would have been remembered like that, and instead they're now remembered as has-beens. And I, I, I don't want to be that. I understand. So, I understand. so I guess that's kind of an arrogant way for, for, for me to look at it. But here's the other thing. When, when uh, e-books came out, royalties went way down. Yeah. Now anybody yeah. can write a book because they, they can self-publish and – they no longer have to go through a vanity press. They can do it themselves. It used to be a big deal to get a book contract. It's not anymore because you don't need one. You can you can publish anything you want to, and if you want to pay the, the catalog fee, you can have it on Amazon. Um, Interesting. I do not want to spend six months of my life writing a book and mm-hmm. making a pittance. Not Because if I spend six months of my life, it's got to be, and there has to be enough um enough royalty involved for me to put meat and potatoes on my table. And at this point there just isn't. I was just wondering cuz you know yeah. all your books that I have I love and and I was just wondering. Yeah, well. So see, you asked me for the time of day and I gave you the history of the clock. <laughs> no, I love it though. No, that's that's good to know. I mean, you know, for a lot of people who are just coming up now, there's so much free-flowing information. I think people forget that there was a time where this information was very difficult to get. And you either had to know somebody or happen upon it accidentally. I mean, the books that, that are geared for our kind of folks, you know, who, or folks who are on similar paths to ours, you know, it wasn't so easy. Now it's easy. Now, you know, the information's everywhere, all different types you know, it, of it, all different. Yeah, and, you know, and it wasn't so easy. And when you asked me, you know, if I was writing and if I was going to write any more books, you know, I said no, and, and I'm not as far as I know, okay? But Christine Ashworth is Scott Cunningham's sister, and she is a novelist uh-huh. who writes great books, Okay. But she has been doing, uh, working on a book about her brother. And so she asked me uh, several months ago if I would write a chapter for it, bringing him into Wicca, that, that, that part of it. And you know what? And I, I told her I would because Scott Cunningham had a big impact on me, even though I never met him. And, yeah. and so I did. And, you know, and that was kind of interesting, getting back into the writing thing. But, you know, but I managed to do it, and she seemed okay with the chapter, and and, and that was great. <laughs> but I have to tell you, it was hard to get back into it because I'm not in that flow anymore. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Because you've written beautiful books. I mean, it's not like you've never written a, a series. I mean, you've got series of books. You've got a catalog of your own. Um, and I don't know that I, I agree with the premise that writers write because they have to. I'm sure there are many who who do. But I think 
there are authors who, you know, simply write when they have something to say, and that's not necessarily a constant. You know, sometimes uh, there's this thing that, that they want to get out in the world, and then, so, like, Utterly Wicked is such a perfect book. It's such a perfect hexing book. It's like the only one you'll ever need. It's like that is its purpose in the world. No, I mean, it's really a great one, and it's a simple one, and it's not overly complicated, and it's well-explained, and, you know, it's it's thorough, as opposed you, to the you know, books we had back in the day. The, the interesting thing is every book I ever wrote, I wrote for myself. Isn't that, that funny? It was to keep information in one place for myself. I never really wrote any of those other books for anybody else, not even the ones that I was contracted for. When I was contracted for a book, it was like, oh, yeah, I've got all this this information, and I need to keep this in one place anyway, a safe place so I can refer to it if I need to. And so I think what? I think I've always been a different kind of magical writer because it was a way of compiling information for me. That's great. But you know, a lot of writers say that. A lot of writers say that they write books that they wish they had access to when they were coming up. And yeah. I think that's probably. When you want, but I mean, yours is a little more direct in the sense of you're writing it down. It happens to be well written enough to actually be a book that other people want, which is amazing. Um, but I love the idea that it's like, well, I don't want to lose this information, so I'm just going to write this all down. And oh, people want to publish it. This is great, you know. And yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> But, but that's wonderful. I mean, and you obviously have a writing style that we seem to appreciate. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. At some point, huh. well, thank it's you. Be, maybe an autobiography. Who knows? Well, no, if, if so, it, it, here's, here's what's on the back burner. It's a whole bunch of um, different stuff. It's more like a compendium. Of everything, it's uh-huh. kind of like here's everything I know. Here it is. Now I'm done. So interesting. So so there are things on making um, herbal stuff. There's stuff on making herbal stuff on other kinds of other stuff. Um, you know, herbal uh, medicinal preparations, um, first aid stuff, candle making, soap making, um, incense making. All this, all this stuff, and you know. Um, so at some point, maybe. If not, when I'm dead and gone, somebody will find that file and go, "Hmm, look at this." <laughs> You're so funny, Dorothy. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. you are hilarious. I swear, madam, you are just killing me. All right, we we are. <laughs> yes, we are way over time. We need to get off the phone. <laughs> we are way, we are way over time. I know you are still putting together ornaments and filling orders like a one elf operation. It's all you all the time. 
which is amazing. I very much appreciate it. And I love you so much. Please tell folks again about the ornaments and how to get them so that they can give you even more work to do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Um, okay. If there, is a, there is a special um, Facebook page for those ornaments. So instead of giving folks the Facebook page, if they are interested in ornaments, how about they email me instead? And the email address Perfect. is headwitch, all lowercase, all one word, H-E-A-D-W-I-T-C-H, at earthlink.net. And I will hook you up. Dorothy, I can't wait until our next visit. Thank you so much for being wonderful and coming on and hanging out way past. Yes, way past. You have a wonderful holiday season. I love you bunches, and we will talk to you soon. That sounds wonderful. Thank you, Dorothy. Love Thank you. you, darling. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, folks, that's it for this weekend. <laughs> I will see you next week, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye-bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.